the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Coming to you live <laughs> from the window outside Zachary Benson's bedroom. Oh, huh, that's weird. <laughs> Not from the window, from the place outside the window. Just looking in. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking in. <laughs> oh, boy. It's the Worldview Media Podcast. And my name is Gordon Runyon. I am your host of this most frivolous of Reconstructionist radio programs. Hey, you gotta find a niche somewhere. Yeah, that's true. There's a place for everybody uh, right. in the kingdom of God. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is true. And so, here we are today to talk about a series that Zachary Benson has been waiting with bated breath for us to talk about The Last Airbender. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not the movie. No. no. We don't, there is no movie. There is no movie? We don't talk about the Well, movie. there is a movie, but but we don't talk about it because I guess it's horrible. terrible. It's horrible. Alright. So we won't speak of the movie. No. We will act like it doesn't exist. The, the thing that you do not name. Like, you know who. <laughs> Alright, all I know about The Last Airbender is that it is a cartoon. Yes, it is a cartoon. And the two ladies that I'm talking to are not cartoons. No. This is middle daughter Jordan. Hello. And oldest daughter Carmen. Hello. And so I need you to explain to me whether and why I should care about The Last Airbender. Well, it is a cartoon. Let's start with that. Um, It showed on... It was Nickelodeon. It was Nickelodeon's. Yeah. It was Nickelodeon's big t- uh, claim to fame in the 90s. Um, so the background of this is uh, that there are four nations. Each of them is uh, kind of named after a different element. And so this is to go after that. It's heavily based on like um, Asian yeah. cultures. So Eastern. It's Eastern cultures. We'll go with Eastern. So um, it's fire, air, earth, and water, so there's four different countries, different lands, uh, different nationalities. Um, the big thing is that over all of these different peoples and stuff, that all of them within their countries are able to uh, manipulate different elements. So if you're depending in the, on the country, depending that on your country. So if you are an Earth nation, Earth Kingdom, that's what it's called. If you're from the Earth Kingdom. You're going to bend Earth, so you're going to have control over like ground and rocks and stuff like that. Um, if you are from if you're from the Air Temples, then you're going to be uh, an Airbender. Fire Nation has fire, and of course the um, water, water tribes all have water. Yeah. Um, nobody bends anything outside of their nationality except for uh, the Avatar, who is um, he's like this special person who comes up around every time. Well, there's only one at a time, but there's always one. So, like, oh, okay. it's this sort of reincarnation idea mm-hmm. where it's this 
like the Dalai Lama kind of Dalai thing. Dalai Lama, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, and he or she is always able to. He can. Con- they can control all of the different elements, and that's what makes them the, the avatar. avatar. And they're supposed to be the big spiritual kind of guide, again, like the Dalai Lama. Um, so what happens to set up this series is that the Fire Nation goes uh, rogue. Goes rogue. <laughs> they break the balance, and they decide they're going to take over everything. So they start this big old war. Um, and win. Well, they... They are winning. They are winning. Um, what happens is that they kill the original, or the current avatar, who's a firebender. The next link is supposed to be an airbender, so the king of the Fire Nation decides he's going to go, the Fire Lord, um, goes and wipes out all of the airbenders, because that's where the next avatar is supposed to come from, who's the only person that can beat him. He misses one, who goes and pulls a Captain America, uh, freezes himself in ice for a hundred years, and then gets uh, rewoken by these two Water Tribe kids, and then that starts us off on our big shenanigans. Yeah, and hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues, uh, and with the eventual goal of uh, stopping the Fire Nation, bringing down the so Fire Lord. So in the in the original series, it's sort of he, he the kid, the fire, the, the Airbender guy. He has to. He's trying to learn all the different uh, elements that he oh, has to learn because uh-huh. he only knows. Sort of the airbending. Well, and there's other stuff. And so, that. so he has to like season by season learn a new uh, thing as right? a fugitive. Yeah. Because everybody knows that the only airbender that would exist would be the Avatar, and um, the whole Fire Nation is like trying to find this person led by Prince Zuko. Zuko. Um. So it's it's fun. Is this anime or? Does it count as anime? It is not an anime. Um, it's a lot of the cartoons back in the '90s were inspired. They had by the, the animation had, style was yeah, animation yeah. style was kind of inspired by it, borrowed from. Um, and you you still see some of that in like modern cartoons with like facial expressions, uh, the way that things are animated goes into some anime stuff. But it's a it's a Western animation, not a not an anime. An anime would be a Japanese or yeah, Japanese animation. If you had to give me some some uh, points that characterize anime and set it apart from other forms of animation, can you think of any? Um, like, what could I look at and say, oh, that's anime? Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> so one of the big things that everybody, you know, always makes, like the stereotypes, you know, the big eyes... Um, really the kind pointy of hair. Pointy hair, really over the top. I think, you know, honestly, though, if you look at Western animation, we don't. It's more pointy, but we just don't go up. Um, so, like big eyes, over exaggerated features, uh, really big weapons is a thing with uh, anime um, robots. Uh, a lot of emphasis on like characters. Like they do a lot of like close-up shots. It's more cinematic, I think. Uh, okay. I would go with cinematic than, like, a Western cartoon where, you know, Western cartoon you have, like, here's the characters, here's the characters, and then, oh, we do maybe do, like, a close-up on this one, but usually it's going to be kind of wider shots where right. anime oh, okay. will do close-ups and they'll do... And they'll have the flowery backgrounds that are yeah. symbolic and yeah. not really that, yeah. A lot more symbolism. It's a lot deeper, I think. But not saying that we don't have some Western animation like that, and but... It's- Merged more and yeah. stuff, and it's harder because to... it is so popular. Uh, does anime as a style 
does that give you more options in terms of storytelling, do you think, because of being able to maybe focus on expressions or... I would say no. Um, Honestly, I think the ability of to tell a story like yes there is some stuff that is limited by what kind of style you choose to use it yeah Yeah. but the amount of story that you're willing to tell is also limited by the people telling it you know that there's a lot of yeah absolutely there's a lot of western uh stories that are told and they're really uh there's really a lot in them um it's popping in my head but it's kind of a weird example but um adventure time i don't know if that's still out or not but that's a really like classical Western animation, but they have a really big kind of, uh, I don't watch it, but from what I've kept up with it, that they have a really big kind of backstory that it's after a nuclear war and stuff. So there's a lot of uh, depth within a story that you can get into, and it's just whether or not a person is willing to do that. Okay, one thing that I've noticed in watching some cartoons, and I don't know if it's an anime thing or not, but like especially in the middle of an action sequence, you might have a guy like flying through the air to do a karate kick and the background is all just like flashing colors. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that an anime thing? or Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, okay. And so, specifically with The Last Airbender, uh, what kind of grade would you give it? Is it really successful? Is oh, it... yeah. Like, I, it's one of my favorite cartoon series, right, Jordan? Yeah, I, I think I would give it an A probably. I, I, I was, like, hesitant to watch it just because I don't tend to like cartoons very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was... It, it it surprised me. It was pretty good. It's consistently very funny, and also uh, you care about the characters and stuff, and yeah. I think it's I think it's a clever little show. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, a lot of story. There's a lot of world-building within it, which is really nice. Everything's kind of fleshed out. They play within their own rules, which I really like. Yeah. Oh, good. That they yeah, don't yeah. they don't set up a rule and then break and then that rule. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. the only like if person... they set up a rule, then that will that'll come up later. Yeah. Like, oh man, there's this rule. Now yeah. we gotta figure something. You <laughs> yeah. know. That's um, really important with storytelling, though, especially if you're especially if you are creating your own world. Right. Uh, consistency in in creating a fictional background, mm-hmm. that's all. That's all really huge. Yeah. Um, so that's I really like that that they play with their rules. You know, the only person that bends um, any other kind of element in the show is Aang, who's the Avatar, who's the only one that's supposed to do that. He's the only one that does that. Um, any any other kind of stuff, you know, they talk about it and say, well, this is how this connects. Um, you know, and it's really good. There's a lot of, uh, I think. Um, more kind of mature themes that get touched on. Uh, you know, it's set in a wartime, so we have a lot of, like, politics happening, and, you right. know, if we do this, and this is going to affect other things, and you see that, that people yeah. make choices, and it has direct implications on not just themselves, yeah, but the people around people them. Around and... them. Um, okay. Well, that's interesting. So what I'm hearing you guys say is that what makes this series good is the writing. Yeah. Is yeah. that right? I think yeah. that's... Definitely true. Even though it's a cartoon and you might initially think that the artwork has got to be like a major Right. And player. it is. It's really good. Oh, okay. The art is good Yeah, too. the the animation. Um, I've, I've, like, I really do like the series, so I've done, I've looked into it and stuff. But they've actually, because it's a martial arts. Yeah. So it's based mm-hmm. on um, Asian cultures. They have a lot of martial arts. They actually would bring in 
martial artists to uh, tell them, like, this is kind of what we want for an action style. This is what the um, the separate martial arts, like, airbenders have their own type of martial oh, arts. Yeah, yeah. And they brought in experts who went through, like, different styles with them and said, okay, this kind of looks like this. And they're like, yeah, that's what we want. Um, like, waterbending is based on kind of like a Tai Chi sort of style, which is very flowing. Yeah. Um, so they would bring in these experts and say, okay, we're going to have a firebender fight a waterbender. What would that look like? And then they would go through in two different styles, have each other fight, and then take that and turn it into the animation for the actual fights. Nice. All so right. So just really a lot of history and homework that they did on the show. Cool. All right. And let's see, anything that you are a little bit disappointed with, wish they do a little bit more of or less of or I'm <laughs> okay, so I'm disappointed with the sequel. Oh, well, we're not talking about We're that. not talking about the sequel. If I was gonna say anything it would be I'm disappointed with the sequel because the first one is so um so expansive and so yeah. big. And I feel like it was complete. Like the, Yeah, it was very complete. It it didn't need a it has this uh, sort of spin-off sequel series mm -hmm. that really it's unnecessary and not as good as yeah. the you original. Don't, you don't need yeah. it to watch Avatar, or yeah. but you do need to watch Avatar to watch the sequel, and it's um it's and a part of that is because of like production issues that they ran into that that they kept getting. Um, well, maybe you'll get another season. Oh, you do get another season, but you might not get a next one. Um, so they kept having to like kind of be a little bit more choppy. Um, but within Avatar, the last airbender, um, I, I really don't know, honestly. <laughs> like, thinking back on it's it. It's all good. It's yeah, all I good. I think of any major problems that I have mm -hmm. with it. Well, nice. So you would recommend it to somebody looking for a, yeah. a diversion. Yeah, yeah if right. you're looking for a show to watch, you can put that on. Um, if you've got kiddos, they could probably watch that with you. You know, it might be good. Uh, good like to bring up topics and stuff like oh well here's this what yeah, do you right. think about this okay. um because like i said it does touch on a lot more like yeah. kind of grown-up-y things without ever really being preachy yeah you know well it's i mean they'll have little morals at the end of a yeah. story maybe but it's never like a cheesy like after school special kind of thing you yeah know? and some things you never quite get like resolved um like the thing yeah. with jet that there's a character who doesn't He's a rebel against the Fire Nation, and he gets to the point where, like, he's, like, rah, you know, super crazy about, we have to, like, destroy the Fire Nation, and I think his plot is that he's going to destroy, a, like, a city of innocence to get rid of, like, a troop of Fire Nation people, and he's trying to say, you know, well, we gotta, gotta make sacrifices, you know, um, so that's kind of, there's, there's a lot of stuff in there to go through. All right. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Well, anything left to add to our general look at Avatar The Last Airbender before we take our break? Nope. Uh, all right. Here we go. Taking a break, then. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, 
where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom. And we're back, Reconstructionist Radio, from outside of Zachary Benson's bedroom window. <laughs> you should see the posters on this guy's wall. Wow. It would be really embarrassing if we shared it. So we won't. So we won't. We like Zachary, friend of the podcast. Oh, yeah. All right, so we are talking about Avatar The Last Airbender. It's time for us to get a little bit more worldview-y. Not worldly, worldview. A worldview-y. And talk about uh, morals, meanings, and messages. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's talk about that. Tell me about some themes or things that you've spotted. What is, uh, what's this series trying to get across to the listener or the uh, viewer, do you think? Well, I think one of the big ones for me is a... this this idea of like teamwork and having to work together and mm. overcome personal differences to be able to fight like a common you know or achieve a common goal yeah not or just achieve fight. a common goal or or you know defeat this common evil or something you know so about how uh, you know you might not always get along but you gotta you gotta do what you have to you gotta work with people to to achieve the thing that you're trying to get done and. And that can be tough sometimes, but ultimately, you know, this teamwork sort of message, I um, think, is a big deal. I would also go with uh, responsibility is, okay. is a really big theme that kind of goes into this. Um, because you do have, well, first example is Aang, who right. we find out that the reason that he's been missing for a hundred years and that things have gotten so bad with the Fire Nation is because he... He got... He got freaked he out. He got scared. He got scared and, and he got freaked out and ran away. So um, you could kind of put, and he kind of does, he takes responsibility for that hundred years of kind of destruction that have gone oh, on because yeah. he didn't He didn't step up when he was supposed to. Does um, that then motivate him through the I rest think of so, the story? Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that that's kind of always eating at him. Like they'll run into these places that have been like destroyed or and he really remembers messed them. up. You know that he uh, remembers them from a hundred years back, and he's like, "I had Fire Nation friends. Where are my Fire Nation friends? No one has Fire Nation friends anymore." Um, oh, yeah. And he has and, to kind of yeah. deal with how things have been deteriorated. Um, the other one would be yeah. uh, with Zuko redemption. Redemption that there's a lot of uh, he has. He's the big redemption character in this. Is that he starts off as the Fire Nation prince who's He's out. He's the one out tracking them and trying to find mm -hmm. uh, Aang and and get him, you know. Yeah, and he's been exiled because of stuff with his dad, who's the Fire Nation's leader. Um, and he's, uh, I guess you could say, kind of socially redeemed. So in like the the eyes of his society, he is kind of redeemed when he does. Spoiler alert: when he does catch Aang, <laughs> um, you know, he goes back to the Fire Nation, gets his status back as a prince, you know. So he's socially kind of redeemed. Um, and then he has kind of a, a crisis of that, and he realizes maybe this isn't the right thing. Right. And uh, turns his back on the Fire Nation and goes to try and help Aang overthrow his father, overthrow his uh, nation. Yeah. Um, so kind of kind of two versions at looking at that. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of good stuff. <laughs> a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, so how did he redeem himself? He just started acting better or trying to make good on... 
what he, he had done bad or he had to look at what it's this it's this, it's crazy uh, he has like this dream sequence and stuff where he realizes all of this stuff um, and it's like his his two natures kind of fighting against himself in the form of dragons it's, it's cool <laughs> um, but he looks at it and he realizes that what he has been supporting what he's been chasing um, you know what he's been the kind of the worldly things that his he's honor been, his honor you know all of these things that matter to um, to people and stuff that aren't as valuable to as they really as they should be you know that there's real things that matter more you know being uh, taking responsibility for the actions of his nation thinking yeah. about other people you know um, the atrocities that they've committed right. and he's he's been traveling for like three years so he actually goes out with his uncle and yeah he's so he's seen, seen all this he's stuff seen too, all these that things he wouldn't have seen otherwise yeah he's lived on the other side of the fire nation and seen kind of how terrible things are and he's like we can't do this anymore we have to stop so he kind of grows a conscience he grows is a what conscience it is. yeah it's not it's is not that like a gradual a, thing or oh, is yeah. there a crisis moment there's but, there is a crisis moment but yeah it is also sort of Gradual, I think. I yeah. think you can see little seeds of it happening because he's traveling with his uh his uncle, and oh, his God, uncle is <laughs> the best. Is has always been sort of his uh external conscience, he's and so Jimmy he'll Cricket. yeah his Jimmy <laughs> Cricket. Because Iroh is like a really really cool guy, and and he's got it all right, you know. And so him hanging around Zuko this whole time, like he really annoys Zuko at first and all this stuff, but they sort of you know you can tell that what he's saying starts to really. You know, he's thinking about that stuff, and it's starting mm. to affect his decisions and how, yeah. how he feels about what he's doing and all this stuff. And it's not an immediate about-face with Zuko as well, uh, that he does say, oh yeah, this is bad and stuff, but you can see that like once he starts having those crises, that he'll he'll do something that's like, oh yay, good job Zuko, and then he'll like, next episode he'll do something that's like, ah, Zuko, you know, don't do that. You know, yeah. he has his backsliding, and he has um, moments where you can see him kind of trying to combine both things before he has to, like, you know what, I can't keep any of this. I have to keep going down this path completely. Right. Um, the one worldview issue that I would think we should have with this, um, as Christians going into this, again, it's based on uh, Asian cultures, and it's ancient Asian cultures, which is why we come up with, you know, the, the four elements and right. the avatar who's supposed to be the embodiment of these four things. Uh -huh. um, and he's supposed to be this big, uh, this big kind of spiritual guide. He's the connection between the spirit world and the, oh, okay. the real world. Um, and you see him go to the spirit world at, at least once, I think. Yeah, at least the one time. At least the one time. Um, yeah, I think Iroh's been said to have gone to the spirit world, too, that he's traveled to the spirit world. So... There is that uh, involved with this as well because um, when Zuko does get redeemed and it's a great it's a great story arc it's great writing and all that mm -hmm. it really comes down to the fact that he decides that what he's doing is wrong and he can't continue doing it it's not that he's like oh I've been breaking all the rules because technically he's been following all right, the rules been, within his country right up until that point you know he's so. just had he's just now decided that those are the wrong rules for yeah him that to they're be following the morally incorrect um, and other issues with that is that uh, Aang is you know it's an, I think he's like a, a he's, he's a, like a 10 kid. or 11 he's or a something. young kid when this starts off so you have this really young kid who's supposed to be kind of the deciding factor in all of these giant uh, political conflicts and stuff. Um, and 
again, going to the sequel, which we're not really talking about, but when we get to this next Avatar after him, she does a lot of stuff that actually kind of invalidates and undoes things that he does. Oh. So... Which is so frustrating. Which is very frustrating. It's one of the things I don't like about the series. But it makes sense, because if you're... If your highest power is a person that gets replaced, right. then there's nothing that says that that next person can't come through and Especially change Especially when we see all of those past avatars being so different from each other anyway. Yeah. Like, and you can tell that one would have made a completely different decision than somebody else. So it's down to, like, that current avatar's personality mm-hmm. is going to decide what is the right thing to do right now. Yeah, and he has... He has uh, Aang has a moment that's like that, comes up at the end of the series, where he... Uh, He's kind of realized that the only way that they're going to stop the Fire Nation is if they get rid of uh, the head, you know, they cut the the head off the snake, which is uh, getting rid of the current Fire Lord, which... Zuko's dad. Zuko's dad. So everybody's trying to say, well, we have to to kill this dude. Um, And Aang, as an air nomad, is uh, culturally, he's a pacifist. So he doesn't he doesn't want to kill anybody because you know you can't yeah. really kill people with air right. until until the sequel. But okay. we're not talking about the sequel. It's fine. Um, so <laughs> he goes to this lion, mystical lion turtle. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, it's, it's so crazy. It's, it's, it's weird. The weirdest this is, thing. is one of the weirder parts of the series. But he goes to this mystical lion turtle and he kind of has you know, he gets meditative and stuff and he starts talking to these past incarnations of himself and like Jordan says. Every single one of them have different advice for him about, you know, wow. oh, you shouldn't kill him, or oh, you should kill him. Uh, yeah. His his resolution for this problem that he comes up with, um, and everybody tells him, like, this is what I would do, but it's, you're the Avatar now, so you make your choice. Right. Um, so his resolution is that he, spoiler alert, um, he takes away the bending powers of the Fire Lord, yeah. but leaves him alive. So he just doesn't have now the ability. Now he's just a guy. Now he's just a dude. Yeah. And then they put Zuko. Zuko becomes a Fire Lord, and it, it all solves itself because right. Zuko doesn't now Zuko's do doing good. Yeah. So this uh, Avatar is he like the closest thing in this world to a transcendent kind of power over everything? Or I think yeah, probably that. that's probably true. Yeah. Or is he himself still subject to things like fate? And, yes. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, that is also yeah. Because and even it's really less the avatar himself than that avatar spirit thing. Yeah, there's uh, it's uh, it's weird that there's um and it kind of gets explained a little bit in the sequel, but that there's the person and then it's like um it's kind of like putting on the Batman cowl or something like that. It's like oh it's Aang, but then he becomes the avatar. He hits this avatar state and it's oh is that when the arrow on his head glows? Yes, yeah, that's when that's the arrow when on his glows head glows. Glow. That's his notification <laughs> that he's. Um, Avatar State, and when he gets to that point, um, kind of the Aang that he is gets overwhelmed with that, that it's kind of just a pure state of power, yeah. you know? Okay, well, this brings up a, a biblical issue for me, and one that I have uh, thought about a bit, is this idea that if God is not consistent, and if you can't count on him thinking the same way about the same things from day to day... right. The only, uh, the only outcome for that is unmitigated chaos. Right. It's it would be a, it would be a totally horrible thing, and and we can see it really in nature because God does the things that He does in nature the same way all the time, right. and, and men call that natural law. You know, He does the same, He does 
We have laws of physics because God controls everything the same way all the time. Right. Imagine if he was fickle and changeable in mm -hmm. some of that. And now maybe the constant of gravity is a little bit different than it was yesterday and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and then it's even worse when you get into an area of morality. Maybe God mm -hmm. has changed his opinions on what's good and what's evil. And mm -hmm. There are actually some aberrant uh, pseudo-Christian theologies that maintain that where some things were outlawed in the Old Testament, but now they're just fine in the New Testament, morally speaking. And, right, yeah. And, so, and that's a recipe for chaos and nothing else, yeah. really. And so you're telling me that this avatar, the kind of the, the closest thing to a God figure on this world, Yeah. that from incarnation to incarnation, he's a different personality. And, yeah, well, I wouldn't say he's... I wouldn't say he's a god figure because nobody, like nobody's worshiping him or anything like that. Um, I think he's. They will sort of heed him, though. He, he's more of like a mediator sort of position. Okay. That yeah. they, that's kind of what they see him as within. The he universe. connects the spiritual world to the physical world. Right, yeah, and there are all sorts of spirit beings and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But that's a that's a classic uh, pagan idea. You see it in the Bible where. Pharaoh is considered the earthly connection to the gods. Mm, and, right. And generally that's the way pagans work and that's how their kings operate. They're mm -hmm. the they're the connection and the mediator. Yeah. Well, very interesting. Yeah. Uh let me ask you then about just normal just normal ethics. It seemed like you're from what you said before, it seemed like the the series kind of promotes this idea that your culture may have decided on these rules over here, but at some point you need to decide for yourself whether you're going to agree with those or if you're going to kind of come up with your own way of doing things. Yeah. Is that fair? Or? I think so, because yeah. I think we see that in a couple of places besides Zuko where there are sort of issues with what's going on in like a village or something and they have to decide and they have to, to deal with it yeah because just because that's what that society is doing that doesn't mean that that's the right thing to be yeah. doing and and we'll, we'll have actually, like these warring little tribes and stuff and it's like the, are you just fighting because you've always been fighting and you need to work this out and all this stuff the right. painted lady you remember that uh so there's this one episode where one of ang's uh, buddies katara uh, they come to this town, and they're being, uh, I think it's bandits or something like that, but they're being, like, bugged by bandits pretty consistently, um, and it's bad. So they, uh, you know, Katara comes up with, well, why don't you guys fight them and stuff? And they're like, no, no, our, our guardian spirit, uh, the painted lady, is going to take care of us, so we just have to, you know, wait for her to take care of it. And uh, Katara is like, no. So she dresses up as the painted lady. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she uh, goes and takes care of business. Um, so it really is, a lot of it is, because as a whole, the series is about, um, it's like a coming of age story. So they do oh. have to like kind of learn who they are as people and how they're going to handle problems. So a lot of the issues are, well, what, what do you think is the right thing to do? Right. Well, uh it strikes me that that there's generally people act like a, there's two options. You can either be that way where you decide for yourself what's right and wrong, 
or you can be this other way where you're just a, your duty is just to fall in line with what God has said and uh and really I believe that the biblical position is not quite at either one of those ends now yes God has told us what is good and moral but uh the doctrine of the right and duty of private judgment means that you and I as individuals we can't let somebody else tell us this is what this commandment from God means, and you must follow it because I say so. Right. The Bible expects us to use our brains and and be led by the Holy Spirit and and decide in accordance with the Word of God and our own conscience what what does this mean for me to obey God in this area? What would that look like? Right. And and so, I as a pastor, I can't force somebody to agree with a particular interpretation of scripture or something like that. I would like to, but I I can't. And my only authority as a pastor lies in whatever gifts God has given me to persuade and to uh, illuminate what, what is obviously written in the scripture Mm -hmm. and really to appeal to that right of private judgment. You know, the Bereans were, more noble precisely because they took what the apostles were saying and went back and studied them in the light of scripture. They didn't let anybody. They didn't like let the unbelieving Jews, didn't even let the apostles demand, here's what you believe. They, They took what was being said, the arguments on both sides and went and compared it with the scripture and came up with, uh, came up with an interpretation that, that sat well with their conscience under God. Right. Now that sounds messy and chaotic, and it sounds like that's why we have a zillion denominations or whatever. Uh-huh. And it sounds like the caricature of me and Jesus sitting in the corner with my Bible, and, and we're going to start our own religion. <laughs> and and But that's that's not what it is. It's, it's more like... You see, have you ever seen a balloon ride where they send you up in the air, but you're actually, you don't ever get, you're always tethered, Uh you know? And so you go as far as the rope will take you, and you're still being jostled by the wind and carried about on the waves of the air and stuff like that, but you're tethered. And so when we talk about the right and duty of private judgment, we're not talking about willy-nilly, anything goes, every man does what's right in his own eyes. We're talking about... You and I need to decide personally, what does it mean? What does it look like right now for me to obey the word of God right here? And uh, right. and so I say all that to say, even, even though it's a pagan story, I kind of like the idea. It doesn't make me nervous. I kind of like the idea of promoting this idea that you can't just blindly obey anything. You, right. you have to... You have to settle it in your mind right. what's what's right and wrong. And that doesn't mean you're the authority, but it does mean you have to decide you have which authority you're going to accept. And, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. And to me, that's a, that's a valuable ethical lesson. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, apart from that, I, I really do think that this is a really, a really strong story for uh, like values and, you know, learning to take responsibility for stuff yeah. um under like because there are some characters that don't get redeemed through this story that there are characters um Zuko's sister is one of them that she kind of she 
they're on kind of the same path. She's more successful at it, and at the end of the series, you see her that she's kind of lost her mind, um, you know, to, like, this desire for power and recognition and stuff like that. Um, So there are characters that don't get redeemed. Um, It does... There's there's just a lot of really good stuff within it, Um, apart from the fact that it misses that kind of central point. But I would argue that if you didn't have that kind of... If you didn't hinge the entire fate of everything on one person within the story, then it would kind of make it difficult to do. Oh, yeah, right. You do, do have to have one main character. Yeah. yeah. You know, so by pinning all of that on Aang, they make the stakes a lot higher because if something happens to him, they basically have to wait for a new baby to grow up, you know, <laughs> yeah. to the point that they can go and fight this. And then additionally, if something happens to Aang, Airbending's lost. There's no more airbenders. Oh, right. So that next avatar is going to be incomplete, and they're not going to be able to right. do what they need to do. Interesting. All right. Well, our time is about drawn to an end. Is there any last thing that you'd like to say? Let me try to summarize what I have heard. As, okay. As just that a, sounds good. <laughs> as just a guy. Probably the reason I haven't been terribly interested in watching that is just because it's a cartoon and mm, I've yeah. my my anticipation was that it was aimed at kids. But I'm hearing from you all that it's really got some kind of grown up storytelling, some yeah. sophisticated storytelling yeah. and uh action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Lots and, of action. And uh fun action. Very mm-hmm. very funny stuff too. Lots oh, of humor. A little bit of comedy thrown in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I'm hearing you say that if you've passed over Avatar The Last Airbender because it's a cartoon, yeah, you might want to give it a dabble. Give it a dabble, yeah. Just try it out. Don't watch the sequel. <laughs> Don't watch the movie. Just watch, watch the main thing that was so good they tried to recapture that lightning in a bottle in other forms. Right, okay. You know, and I really, I really do think it's like that. It's one of those, like... It's like, you know, a Harry Potter sort of franchise. can't be made again. Yeah, you can't remake it. You can play with the ideas, you can do the concepts again, but yeah. it's so good to try and recapture that in another form without those characters. It's just, yeah. I get the feeling that happens a lot, mm-hmm. where some good TV show comes on and you can't just let it be. You gotta yeah, right. squeeze everything there is, <laughs> and it doesn't usually wind up being good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is really good. It's better than I expected it to be. I didn't start watching it until I was in college because uh, I had some friends who, who were watching it, and they were like, let's watch this. <laughs> I said, <"Ugh." laughs> if I fine. Have <laughs> but it, it is good. I, All right. Yeah. Well, very good. Uh, let's uh, wrap up the old podcast then, right off into the sunset. All right. Away from this window. <laughs> Leave Zachary Benson to his privacy. Uh. It was nice hanging out with you, Zach. <laughs> All right. Always a good time. Oh, man. Try and clean up a little more next time. Right, you act like you didn't know we were coming. All right. <laughs> All right. So God bless you all. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Worldview Media Podcast. And the reason we do it, of course, is so that those of you who have been gifted with creativity and imagination, some uh, penchant for writing and creating stories, uh, those need to be used for the kingdom of God just like every other gift. And so go out there. Take your 
take your artistic gifts and dominionize for the sake of Christ. All right. Amen. Thank you, girls. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>